Welcome to the Go After Your Passion podcast with Christina Crowley. Live a life you love. If not now, when? Here's Christina. Welcome to the podcast. Today I have with me Joel Hawbaker. Joel is a blended family coach. He's an award-winning teacher, author, speaker, and frequent podcast guest who loves helping blended families and step families overcome obstacles and grow by teaching them the Ten Commandments of blended family life. These are universal principles that families can apply immediately to begin seeing positive changes. Welcome, Joel. Thank you very much. I'm excited about talking with you today, Christina. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, you're so welcome. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, thank you. I am, a, um, I am a blended family coach. I'm also a high school and middle school history and Bible teacher. Uh, I live in North Central Alabama with uh, my wife, and uh, I'm divorced and remarried, so we'll talk about that some in terms of the blended family stuff. Uh, but I live in Alabama with my wife and uh, one of my daughters. My other daughter lives with, uh, with her mom, and we've got two rescue dogs, Butterscotch and Bruiser, so hopefully they won't make an appearance on the show today, but if they do, you know, people love them as well. So, uh, but that's a little bit about me. I'm also really, um, I love, uh, I'm a soccer coach. I love sports. Uh, I love the works of J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis. That's what you'll see a lot of in the shelves behind me if anybody ever comes in my house. Um, and so those are, all of those are things that are large parts of who I am. Um, I am equal parts sports guy and hobbit nerd. And uh, it makes for really entertaining conversations, both in my classroom with students and also in my blended family work with adults. You're like so many of the people I talk to that you, you are multi-passionate. And so what is one of the major focuses of your passion at this time? Well, right now, one of the things I'm really focusing on a lot is working with blended families. Um, I've put together a, uh, a resource that I call a, a blended family toolkit, and it's a whole bunch of different items that can immediately help make a difference in your blended family. It's got a list of conversations you need to have. It's got a list of what I call the 10 commandments of blended family life that you mentioned in the intro. Uh, it's got a list of 10 suggested behaviors. It's got a seven day devotional for blended families. Uh, it's got a lot of different tools that as soon as you read them and start implementing them can really make a difference in your family today or tomorrow, you know? And so that's something that I'm really passionate about. Because uh, as I said, I, I'm part of a blended family as an adult. I also was part of one as a, uh, as a child. My parents divorced when I was in middle school. And about a year after that, my mom started dating my stepdad. And so I grew up in one for a while. And now I'm part of one as an adult. And I've, so I've seen it from both sides. And fortunately, had a really great example of what blended family life can look like. Uh, and so I try to take the lessons I learned from my dad, my mom, and my stepdad. And I try to apply those in our family. And I also try to share those with other families. Uh, it's something that I really love to do is to just, like for example, um, I had a lady that sent me a message last night and said, hey, I've got a question. We're having this issue with my husband's ex-wife. She's just not communicating with us. We send her a message, she won't respond. We send her an email, she won't respond. We call her and she either abuses us or she hangs up. What, what do you suggest, right? And I appreciate people reaching out to me to ask those questions because I wanna try to help. And I, I love being a resource where I can help people. Same thing, you know, it's just teaching in a different way. Uh, same thing as I do in the classroom. So I'm really passionate about helping people in blended families learn how to live more positively and more cooperatively together. Because in the long run, that's only good. If the adults can get along, that's only good for everybody. And so that's what I really want to help people try to do. 
Absolutely. So you say that you learned a lot of the lessons from your family, from your mm -hmm. parents and step parents. Lessons tend to come from challenges. So what were some of those challenges that came along that, that taught you that? Well, one of the big things I learned is that divorces didn't have to be ugly and adults didn't have to be petty. They didn't have to fight. Um, my parents actually fought a lot when they were married. They argued a lot, you know, there was some yelling, that sort of thing. After they divorced, I don't think I ever heard either one of them raise their voice to the other one ever again. They never said anything bad about each other. Um, they never, you know, they never talked badly about the other person. Um, and we actually still got together and celebrated a lot of holidays. Sometimes we would still open presents together on Christmas. We would get together on Thanksgiving um, and have, you know, mom and dad and my stepdad and all the kids around the dinner table uh, on Thanksgiving. And I didn't know that that was unusual until I went to college. And I would, you know, your first year of college, you're talking with your buddies, and you go, hey, you're going back home for Thanksgiving. What, what is your family going to get up to? And I would tell people, and they'd go, I'm sorry, say that again. You said your mom and your dad and your stepdad are all going to be there, and that's not weird for you. I'm like, what? Oh, that'd be weird. We've been doing this for years. <laughs> and I, I didn't know that was unusual, right? Um, I didn't know that it was unusual for a dad and a stepdad to become friends and to have a lot of respect for each other. My dad and my stepdad, in some ways were very different. They were 20 years apart in age because my dad was 10 years older than mom. Mom was 10 years older than my stepdad. Um, my dad was a five foot 10, you know, 160 pound redhead. My stepdad was a, is a, um, about six foot tall, 245 pound African-American. So in some ways they were very different. On the other hand, they were also really remarkably similar. They were both retired military. They were both airborne. They were both officers. And so they both had a lot of respect for each other. They both had very similar ideas about discipline and um, how you should treat each other. And they showed that in how they treated each other and how they both treated my mom. And so wow. that made a huge impact on me. That's, was that something that you're in agreement your parents came to for the good of you? Or was that just something that came out of the divorce? It was just something that happened because my stepdad wasn't in the picture till a year after my parents had divorced. And I don't know if they sat down and talked about it or what. If they did, we never heard about it. What I know is the, the anytime I saw my dad and my stepdad interact, they were polite, they were respectful, they were friendly. That, that's Every amazing. single time. It was, it was. It was absolutely incredible. And again, I didn't know that wasn't normal. I had no idea because that was all I ever saw. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you only know what you see sometimes. And so, and, and then we were talking a little bit before this, and what I found even more mind-blowing to me is, is it's quite prevalent to have blended families mm -hmm. um, in our society. But you were saying that there aren't, there isn't a lot of training for mm -hmm. people who would assist blended families, become a blended family, like psychologists, right. uh, therapists, those types of helpers. Mm -hmm. There isn't a lot of training in blended families. Correct. Um, yeah, so uh, the statistic is that every day in America, this is pre-COVID, I don't know what it would be now, but pre-COVID, the statistic was every day in America, an estimated 1,000 new blended families are created. People are getting divorced, people are getting remarried, people are widowed, and they get remarried, whatever it may be. Um, but that also includes families like people who are adopting children or people who are fostering children, because those are blended families as well. And, um, and so, yeah, what ends up happening is there are tons and tons of great pastors, counselors, therapists, marriage, family people, like those are wonderful resources. But there are absolute fundamental differences between a first family or a traditional nuclear family and a blended family. 
there, there are issues that come up in a blended family that would never occur to people who haven't ever been in one. And that's not an insult. That's not like, it's not like I'm trying to say my life's harder than yours. It's just a statement. Like, just like for kids who grew up an only child, you don't know what it's like to have siblings mm-hmm. unless you had some really close family members that you visited literally seven days a week. You just don't know. Or if you only grew up in a house with brothers, yeah. you don't know what it's like to have a sister. Yeah. And that's okay, but it does – it limits your ability to empathize or help someone who has issues with their sister, right? So the issue is, um, one, blended family adults are notorious for not wanting to get help. I'm not sure why that is, but they are – as a demographic, blended family adults are really hard to convince that you could probably use some help. I'm not sure if that's because sometimes people like me have already failed in one marriage. I'm, like I said, I'm divorced and remarried, and so we don't want to admit that maybe our second marriage is also struggling. I don't know if it's just traditional male stubbornness, even though sometimes <laughs> it's both male and female in the marriage that don't want to get help. What I know is, one, blended families don't really want to ask for help. Two, the ones that do want to ask for help, a lot of times they don't know where to go, or they go to someone who isn't trained or doesn't have any experience to help them. I, I don't have any formal training. Right. Mm -hmm. But I grew up in a blended family and I've been part of I I divorced 10 years ago. I've been remarried for six years. Mm -hmm. I have a lifetime of experience being in part of a blended family. I also work with a lot in my job and I'm a teacher. I work with a ton of kids from blended families and their parents in my classrooms. Right. So I I don't have any formal training. I'm not a licensed therapist or counselor. I'm I'm not I don't try to pass myself off that way. Mm -hmm. I'm a guy with a lot of knowledge who's read a lot of books and and talked with a whole lot of other people and been able to help a lot of people as well. But there just there aren't as many resources out there for blended families. For every book you can find on marriage, you're gonna you're not gonna find nearly as much on blended families. If you go to the bookstore and look in the marriage section, you'll find hundreds of books on marriage. You will find very few on remarriage, right? And so one of the things I love to do is share some of the resources that I've come across that are really that were helpful to my family. Um, because as much as I want to be able to help people, I also know I don't know everything. And so if I'm not equipped to help you, I will, I'll be honest and tell you, I don't know the answer. But here's a book that I read that was really helpful to me. Check it out and then let me know if it helps you as well. Right? So I have no problem pointing people to other resources. Uh, for example, this summer, I hosted an online conference. It was called the 10 CBF online conference, like the number 10, and then Commandments of Blended Family Life, 10 CBF, right? And at that conference, I spoke, but I also had 12 other experts. We had uh, blended family coaches. We had pastors. We had blended family therapists. We had uh, people who grew up in blended families. We had people that work with adoptive families, all of these different. We had men. We had women. We had couples. uh, You know, we had um, uh, different races that were part of it, and it was really awesome because it was all these different resources coming together in one place, and I told everybody, because I spoke first, and then I spoke last, and everybody else was in the middle, and I told everybody at the end, I said, if you want help, you don't want to come to me, that's not going to hurt my feelings. I'm fine with that. Go to one of these other people that you identify with or that you feel comfortable with. Let them help you. It's not about me having to prove that I'm the greatest. I may not be the greatest. That's okay. What I want is for you to get the help you need, and if that needs to come from someone else, God bless you, and I will gladly put you in touch with them. Right, because that's what we—that's re- what we should be doing—is trying to help people, even if we aren't able to help them. Point them in the right direction. I think that's really important, and that's really profound for you know who you are and what you're doing is getting people help. And mm-hmm. um, blended families are so prevalent. I yeah. mean, marriages fail, and second marriages fail, and 
you know, I, I have friends, you know, with multiple husbands and they, you know, and, and so, you know, it just, it does shock me that, you know, there's not a lot of help out there for that. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's really, you know, good of you to just say, let's get some help and let's, mm-hmm. let's talk about this. And so you, you've done a lot of talking about this. You held that summit. What yeah. was the big overall lesson or theme or something that you learned from all of those perspectives that you took with you? Well, one thing that was really neat was um, the fact that it, it was called the Ten Commandments of Blended Family Life, right? Because that's what the conference was about. I didn't speak about any of them. I introduced them in the first session, and I summarized them in the end. But um, the other 12 experts, because it was two of them were couples, so um, they spoke about the Ten Commandments. Well, I have my view of what those Ten Commandments of Blended Family Life mean. But they were free to share whatever they wanted to about that topic. And so a lot of times I learned from them something very different than what I would have shared because they have a different experience with that topic. And so it was really cool for me to hear my thoughts explained in a very different way or my ideas about these Ten Commandments shared from a very different perspective. That was really, really cool for me. I think I learned as much as the attendees did because it was neat to hear the same basic principle, right? shared from a different standpoint that was that was really really cool for me and I, I hope that a lot of people that um come across these 10 commandments i hope that they will find the same thing because the idea behind them is they are true always right that's what a commandment is it's not a suggestion it's something that's always true that you should or should not do um but they can be applied in lots of different ways and so it was really neat to see a a, a wide variety of applicability from other people's perspectives. It wasn't just me talking what I, about what I think. It was 12 other people also sharing what they think based on their training, their experience, their families, the people that they've helped. It was, it was really fascinating to hear some of those things shared from very different outlooks and different viewpoints. That was really, really cool. And, you know, be, when somebody comes to you or when or of the people you know who need help, what's the one thing that people are seeking out when they do seek out help what is it that you know maybe they don't know what they don't know but what is the mm-hmm. one thing that they seek out help for that's a great question um I, I would think you're i would say you're absolutely right a lot of people don't know what they don't know myself included there are lots of stuff i just don't even know that i don't know about um for blended families typically what happens is when they come to me they come to me for help with a specific question right so like the lady last night her question was communication how do we get the biological mom to respond. I didn't just answer her and say, here's what you do, because I don't know the biological mom. I don't know all the details of what they've tried. I don't want to give advice that's actually going to be helpful. So what I did is I responded by asking some more questions. First of all, what is your goal for this communication? Do you just need any response, even if it's awful and hateful? Or are you looking for a specific yes or no? And if so, how are you pursuing that? What have you already done to try to get her to respond? Because what ends up happening is people come to me with one specific question, but then what I like to do is ask other questions and then share some of these commandments with them and say, based on this, what do you think your next step should be? Based on this principle, what do you, how do you think that would apply in your situation? Because you know, you know your situation better than I do. Mm -hmm. How do you think that could, and then we can talk through it together and we can say, okay, then we can come up with a plan. So like, again, I, I spoke with that lady via Facebook messenger for probably 20 or 30 minutes last night. And she came back to me and said, okay, here's what we were thinking. Um, what do you think about this idea? 
I think that sounds pretty good, but I would encourage you to maybe try this as well or maybe change this, whatever. And, and she, okay, oh, that's really, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Thank you. You know, that kind of thing. Because uh, people know their own family better than I could ever get to know them. And there's no one-size-fits-all solution for blended families. There's just not. But if you follow these 10 commandments, I guarantee you that whatever your issues are, these are going to help you. So people come to me with one specific question. I try to share with them principles that will apply in that situation, but also in whatever future situations they come into. Because if, if you have one issue in blended family life, if you hit it on the head, another one's going to come up. It's whack-a-mole. <laughs> I mean, that, that's just that's what it is. When you, when you get one problem solved, that's great. Another one's going to come up pretty soon. And that, you know, that's just how it is. And that's, that's life in a lot of ways. And I think that's right. how, you know, what I think is so wonderful about what you do is you don't say, here is the solution. Right. This is, this is what works because we are all so unique. And it sounds like what you really help people do is uh, teach them a process to help themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So again, as a high school teacher, my job is not to teach kids what to think. It's to teach them how to think, and then they go on and they can apply those things in a million different ways. Well, it's the same idea. Um, anyone who tells you they have the answer to every problem is lying to you. They just, they just are. They either don't know that they don't know all the answers or they really are that arrogant. Um, now, one thing I will say, and um, I appreciate you. Uh, indulging me on this. I'm a pretty outspoken Christian. I teach at a small Christian school. A lot of what I teach comes from a gospel perspective, but if you're not a Christian, these principles still apply. It's not like I'm just going to throw Bible verses at you and say, here, you know, best of luck. These principles work whether your family is Christian or not Christian. That, that doesn't, that's not important, um, and if it's a non-Christian coming to me, I'm not going to try to beat them over the head with the Bible to try to convert them when that's not what they were looking for. They were looking for help with a family issue. They were not looking for a Sunday school lesson. Well, that's fine. I'm not going to give you a Sunday school lesson. If you want to talk about our faith, I would love to have that conversation. But the reason I share that is because I, everything I teach comes from two basic principles. And they are scriptural, but they're also just common sense. So there's two pillars that every, every one of the Ten Commandments is based on. Here they are. They're very simple. One. Be the adult that you want your children to become. Be the adult you want your children to become. Set a good example. That has to do with what you say and how you say it and what your attitude is towards your ex and what your attitude is in front of your kids when your ex is there and what you do when the ex isn't there. It's all of those things. Set a good example, right? That's the first pillar. The second one is very easy. Everyone's heard it from the time they're five years old. It's the golden rule. Treat other people the way you want to be treated. If I could teach two things to blended families, if every blended family could get a hold of those two concepts, first of all, second marriages would work a lot more often. And second of all, you'd have a lot less conflict between ex-spouses. If everybody could understand, one, set a good example for your kids. That means you're not going to be petty. You're not going to be purposely hurtful. You're not going to be vindictive and revengeful. Like, set a good example. And treat the other adults not how they treated you, not based on your hurt, not how you think they deserve because they were a jerk. No, no. Treat them how you would want to be treated. If everybody could do that, just those two things, mm -hmm. it would be profound. The, the change would yes. be profound, right? Uh, I agree. With, I totally agree with you. I think, you know, because I've talked to a lot of parents recently, and I think modeling the behavior is really important, especially, you know, those who have kids, yeah. Uh, you know, modeling that behavior so they can grow up and 
and you know and, and do that too and mm-hmm. you know and do unto others always you know yeah that's not even a complicated one right now it's not, <laughs> not. it's not easy to do never it's not never easy, easy. no it's of course not yeah. um so it's really funny you mentioned that first about modeling um i share a story when i give this presentation from a stage um my first wife's dad tells us he's a pastor and he would tell this story in church a lot of the time about how he learned that kids learn by watching not by listening and the way he learned this was he was out cutting the grass one day his son at the time was like five years old and the dad has got a push mower he's pushing around the yard the son has one of those toy bubble blowing lawnmowers and he's following behind him and they're cutting the grass right so the dad gets to the corner of the yard and there's kind of a stump there and so he hitches his mower up to get around the stump and then keeps going well the son comes right behind him he's not within 10 feet of the stump he hitches his mower up in the exact same way (laughs) and keeps going he has no idea why his dad did that but if that's how dad does it that's the way that you do it kids learn he was five years old right I was, I was speaking on another podcast a few weeks ago, and um, the guy that was toasting it actually shared a story with me that I thought was great, and he gave me permission to steal his story. He said he's got a three-year-old daughter, and they were eating cereal together one morning, right? And he finished his cereal first, so he picked up the bowl and drank the milk like you do when you're done with your cereal. Well, his daughter saw him. She didn't know what he was doing. She was only halfway done with her, so she picked up the bowl, dumped it all down. <laughs> and he looked at her and went, why did you? Oh, because you just saw me do that. Yeah. Got it, right? Kids learn by watching us, and man, they are little baby sponges, and they're little baby parrots. They will say things they have no idea what to talk about. (laughs) Every parent who's ever cursed in front of their child knows this to be true, right? And it will come up at the worst time. You you stub your toe and you say a curse word, that's what your kid is going to say when you walk into Uh church on Sunday. That's Uh what they're going to yell when they're in the grocery store and you accidentally (laughs) bump the buggy on something. Mom, isn't this what you yelled the other day? Like, Dad, isn't this what you said? Like, yes. That's so true. That is so true. Yeah. So we just have to be careful. And we as adults forget that. Yeah. We forget that we modeled our parents. And, you you know, somewhere along the line, we do tend to forget that. It's good to be reminded of that. It is. It's very humbling, and it's not very fun when we've screwed up. Because the other thing is parents need to give themselves permission to be imperfect. Yeah. One, you're not going to be perfect, so don't stress it. But two, when you screw up, it's very powerful to go to your children and apologize and and ask them for their forgiveness, right? Because we're we're all going to – sometimes I yelled at my Mm -hmm. kids when I shouldn't have. And I did a lot of hurt to my young girls when they were – my girls when they were younger because I was overly harsh – and strict disciplinarian. Why? Because both my parents and my stepdad were all retired military. That was all I knew. And that was what I thought was normal. And I didn't realize how much hurt I was causing them until years later when our relationship was really damaged. That's, that's part of the reason why um, my older daughter and I have, have struggled to get along in the past couple of years. We're working through it. We get along way better now than we did a couple of years ago. And I'm very thankful for that. We've gotten a lot of help from different counselors and teachers and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I hurt her more than I realized when she was younger because I was so strict and I was so harsh and I was so dismissive of her emotions. I didn't even realize I was doing it. You know what I mean? I didn't realize yeah. how much damage I was causing. And, and, and so I've had to repent of that. I've had to ask her to forgive me, and I've had to purposely change the way that I treat her and the way that I relate to her. Yeah. And then I've also tried to not make those same mistakes with my younger daughter. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's – that's just, that's part of parenting. Every parent is going to screw up at some point. Yes. You've got to you've got to give yourself permission to be imperfect, and then you've got to learn to forgive yourself. Yeah. Move on. Absolutely. You can't change the past. You nope. can try to do it differently in the future. Mm-hmm. Do that. 
definitely that's that's amazing so you you do summits you speak on the stage did i hear you something about saying you're writing a book or you're you're getting ready to publish a book uh, yes, yeah, so I've also written a uh, – in the Blended Family Toolkit, you get a free seven-day devotional based on the book of Proverbs. I've also written a 31-day devotional based on the entire book of Proverbs for blended families, and I'm actually in uh, talks with a publisher right now about publishing that, hopefully later this fall. I also have a full-length book about blended family life. It's based on the Ten Commandments of, of blended family life, and I have that outlined. I haven't started, I haven't started my rough draft yet. Um, that's probably what I should have been doing during quarantine. I was busy uh, watching soccer games and, and reading books about soccer. So, you know. Well, yeah, you know what you deal, how you deal with that. <laughs> that's it. Uh, but yes, ma'am, I've, I've got a book that I'm hoping to have a rough draft completed in the next couple months and hopefully get it published by the same publisher of, of my devotional, hopefully next summer. That's kind of what I'm shooting for. That's great. And, and so if somebody's listening to this and they see themselves in what you're saying or they you know, they know of a situation, they've been in a situation. How do they, if they're inspired by you, how do they get involved in helping themselves or working with you? You know, what kind of resources do you, do you have available? Oh, it's a wonderful question, and, and I appreciate you asking it. Um, first of all, I would encourage them to find someone who has experience with blended families and, and just ask them, you know, hey, can I steal 30 minutes of your time? whether it's a pastor, whether it's a counselor, whether it's just a, a buddy that you know has already been divorced and is remarried but looks like they're, they've been doing it pretty well for a while, ask them. And they may tell you, I don't know the answer, but I can tell you who we got help from, right? So that's a, I, I would encourage you find someone in your pretty immediate circle that has experience and just ask them what they know or, or where they think you should go. If they want to connect with me personally, I would love to chat with any of your listeners. If it's about blended family life, wonderful. We can also talk about Tolkien or Lewis. We can talk about soccer or Duke basketball, <laughs> history. I don't care. Reach out to me. Let's chat. Um, you can find me on uh, lots of different social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Um, you can just find me under my name, Joel W. Hallbaker. There are not a whole lot of Hallbakers out there. So if you find a Joel W. Hallbaker, I guarantee it's me. Um, and the, yeah, the links that you sent to me, I'll definitely put in the notes. Awesome. Thank you. Um, the other thing is you can find me, I have three different websites where I have different information about blended family stuff. Um, my speaking website is joelwhallbaker.com. There's information there about the different presentations I give. So like if you wanted me to come speak at your church or at a to a local civic group or whatever it may be, um, if you, you know, if you guys are having a conference or something, joelwhallbaker.com. I also put a lot of resources on another website. I used to do a lot of leadership work. So my other website is called reallifeleading.com, and you'll find the blended family information there. You'll also find uh, links to every podcast interview that I've done in the past few years. It's like 80-something podcasts, and there are lots of them are about blended family life. You'll find – so you can find hours and hours of blended family information there. I've also got a blended family tab where you can find a free copy of the blended family, the Ten Commandments. Um, and then the other website that I actually inherited from someone else who put it together for about a decade, it's called stepdadding.com. And there's a ton of resources there. There are videos, there are lists of uh, one of the, actually one of the most popular blog posts that's on that website is a list of wedding songs for a stepdad and a stepdaughter to play. And I thought that was a really cool, unique resource. Yeah. Basically it, it was a guy who was in a blended family who once his kids had graduated and moved on, he was just tired of dealing with the website maintenance and he basically said hey i see that you're doing this work would you be interested in taking this over i would love to do that thank you very much so 
um, any of those places you can find me at. I appreciate you putting the links in there. The other thing is anyone who is interested in the free blended family toolkit, because that's a free resource I give away. Anybody who wants it, shoot me a message. I will email you the PDF as soon as I can. Uh, I don't charge anything for that. I just want you to have it. Um, the other thing that I do, I mentioned earlier, I do a lot of blended family coaching. If you would like to schedule a free 15-minute consultation call, send me an email. We'll set it up. I will um, listen and we'll talk about whatever the issue is. I'll be glad to help you. I will also share with you the details of the blended family coaching programs that I offer. Um, and so those are, those are a lot of the resources that I have. The other thing you'll find in the toolkit is you'll find a list of other blended family websites that aren't mine, but are great resources. Um, you'll find links to, uh, it's called Family Life Blended. There's a pastor named Ron Deal. He's probably the best known blended family resource in the United States, at least in my opinion. Um, you'll find people like Gil and Brenda Stewart, Mike and Kim Anderson. Um, these are uh, a lot of people who also are blended family coaches or counselors or, or whatever, and they do a lot of work with blended families. So if you want to check their resources out, if you go and connect with them, awesome. Please do that. Get some help. Even if it's not for me, it's not going to hurt my feelings. I think there's a lot of great resources there for somebody who's excited about the blended family they're creating, or maybe they're having a little pain in mm -hmm. the one that they have. I think it's, I think it could, you know, when there's good things and there's pain in all, in all types of families. And so there's, mm -hmm. sounds like there's a lot of wonderful help to get there and some great resources. Any last uh, words for anybody listening right now? Yeah, there's, there's one quote that I love. I actually did an interview on another show yesterday, and they said, so if you had to wear, if you had a t-shirt with your favorite saying on it that you just share with everybody, what would it say? And I said, that's a really good question. Thank you. Um, and it is, uh, it's this phrase. It's actually from The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien. It's my favorite book in the world. Mm -hmm. And here's the quote that I share with everybody. Uh, it's from the character Gandalf in the story. He says this, all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us, right? That's it. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that's given to us. So if you're struggling in a blended family, I would love to help you. Let me know when we can schedule some time so that you can start making different decisions, so that you can start doing things differently, so that your family can become more positive, more cooperative, more peaceful, right? Let's choose to spend our time in a way that's going to be helpful instead of a way that maybe it's not doing what we want it to do. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. I hear you're an inspiration and you do wonderful work. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. I, I appreciate the kind words and I, I feel very blessed every day, whatever I'm doing, whether it's teaching or blended family work or coaching soccer, mm -hmm. every day I get to do stuff that if I were just crazy wealthy, I would do anyway. I would yeah. do these things for free. I, I feel very blessed because I don't think many people in the world get to say that. That is passion. That is passion <laughs> at its best. <laughs> Thank you, Joel. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Christina. Now, go after your passion.